Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello again, everybody. It's me, Jan Burt, your host of the Burt Not Ernie Show, the podcast that is about getting the promises of God into the people of God. And I'm super glad that you're here. Thanks for joining me for another episode. I think we are on number 18, episode 18. And today's verse, just one verse, last time it was a passage and it was a little bit longer episode. So today we'll probably be a little bit shorter, like more normal length, but we're in the New Testament book of Philippians for this one verse we're going to look at. It is Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, and these are words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Philippi in one of his letters to the churches to kind of strengthen them, encourage them, bless them, all the things that are necessary to be healthy, right? Because we want to be healthy. Um, I think recently I heard Christine Kane say, healthy things grow. And I just really, I like that very much. Healthy things grow. And Paul wanted a healthy, growing church that was moving forward in the world around them and impacting it for the kingdom of God. That's pretty much what this podcast is all about. The exact same kind of thing. So the book of Philippians is a good fit for the Burt Not Ernie show. Okay, so I'm going to read Philippians 2.13 first uh, in the NIV and then the Amplified. And then we'll just talk about it and see what we come up with. It says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Now, you probably heard that verse before. I hope you have. Uh, It's a great verse. But let's see what the Amplified has to say to give us like that extra depth that I know you're not surprised that I'm using the Amplified again. But um, yeah, that's not going to change. That's just we're going to stick with that plan and keep rolling with it. The Amplified version of Philippians 2.13 says, For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, that is, strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Yeah, see why I like the Amplified? I get that extra oomph. I read this, and when I'm thinking about my own life, when I'm praying through whatever it is that's on my heart for any given day. This is good to like reframe and kind of do a reset and say, um, am I praying and trying to convince myself that what I'm asking you for, Lord, is your good purpose, but maybe it's really my purpose, which may or may not be all that good because the book of Jeremiah tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things. So I might think it's a really good purpose and I might think it's God's purpose. What if it's not? The Amplified just gives that extra depth to it and helps me to, well, I guess like evaluate my own heart to kind of lay it out before the Lord in prayer and be willing to hear back some hard truths that he might need to say to me because I'm his daughter. And sometimes parenting is hard. uh, And if I need to be sort of 
I don't want to say uh, I don't want to say it wrongly. If I need to be led along a little bit more um, stable path, because the path I pick for myself, I might think it's going to be smooth, but the smooth path I pay for myself can be really super rocky in all reality. And what I look at the path God has chosen, and it might seem like a steep uphill climb, but it could be just the smoothest thing ever because it's His path. And when I walk it with Him, it's that yoke bearing. You know, I take on me his yoke and his burden is light and I find rest for my soul. So uh, a word like this, you know, uh, and by word, I mean the word of God speaking to me to change me in my inner being. A word like this makes me look at my life in a way that um, I take a hard look and I'm not being punished. I don't. That's not what this is. I'm saying I'm being transformed, sanctified, it changed and turned into a better version of myself because God created me with um, with great hope. He has spoken hope over all of our lives. So reading the word of God helps to bring my heart into alignment with the hope that God has for my life. And again, that's about his good purpose and his good pleasure. And it eliminates the fluff, the the nonsense that I do in my own heart and mind to convince myself that what I want surely must be his good purpose. What if it's not? Is God less good? No, absolutely not. I have to be willing to bend and be pliable. He's the potter, I'm the clay, and I want to be malleable. Okay, so I read those verses from the New Testament book of Philippians, and the absolute first thing that I want you to get out of this podcast episode is this, okay? This is kind of the, I don't want to say it's the most important thing, but I really want you to get this. So I was rambling a second ago, kind of clue back in here real quick if if you faded out and I was just background noise. So listen real quick. I want you to get this out of this episode. Two words, God works. Okay, God works. And I also notice that it doesn't say this. It does not say Jan works. And you can fill in your name, blank, whatever your name is, blank works. God works. It does not tell me that I work, that Jan works. This ain't on me and this ain't on you. That is really awesome news for all of us. God works. It's not on me and it's not on you. I find so much grace poured out over my life when I read this verse. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. That's like grace upon grace. That's awesome. For it is God who works. And boom, just like that, all the pressure's off. It's just gone. Now, for me as a woman living in the year 2020, I I really don't think I could adequately put into words how often it feels like all the pressure is being heaped on my own shoulders. Um, a lot of it is just the era that we live in. We're super busy. We have all these things to make our lives easier, but um, our lives are not easier. They're not less busy. We are just on overload all the time. And it's really easy to end up feeling like more is on my shoulders than God has placed there. So to have this promise right here in God's word telling me that it's God who works, that I don't have to do the work, it just takes the pressure off. And that is enormously valuable to me. And I hope it is to somebody listening that I have just said to you, um, like, here it is. Here's your permission to, to live from a restful state as you walk this road with your Lord who loves you, the pressure is off. God works. It's not about you. God works. 
to have this treasure. This is like a rare jewel, this treasure as our promise from God himself that the pressure is off in the most important aspects of our life. This should just bless us enormously. And really anything that we're doing that is not God's good purpose, not for his good pleasure, that's not a super important aspect of our life. The most important aspects are the ones that are his will, the, the things that he wants to get done. What's his kingdom agenda in the world today? And so in that regard, this verse tells us the pressure's off. He'll do the work to get his will done in and through us. How good is that? Like, really, that's, is that not real good? That's real good stuff. No strength required. Like if I were going to log into Canva and make an image to put up on my Instagram um, with this verse, I probably would add those words. No strength required. God just doesn't need your strength in order to do his will. He doesn't. So when you have that sense of like, you know, when you feel done, like I'm just done, I'm just done. You're worn out. You're wiped out. You're just stretched and worn way, way too thin. Then this is your verse. Philippians 2.13 is your promise from God's word when you are just flat done. And I want you to know that this is your verse. You might want to write this down and memorize it. I do this little monthly subscription thing. Um, it's uh, from Grace Notes, and she's kind of a, a, a mom who wanted to use her artistic abilities to somehow bless people. So you get this thing in the mail each month, and it's like a postcard-sized Bible verse, and she's done the design work, the art that it's laid on, and then you get a little tiny card that, that has the same verse on it and a paper clip and just some like stickers, and it's just a fun little thing. And I put the larger postcard-sized copy of the verse in my kitchen and the little one I keep by my desk. And then each month I get a new one. And um, I like that I see it in more than one place. I think that's really wise of her. I like that it's postcard size, the big one, because it's actually made so that you can, after you used it for the month and memorized it, you can turn it into a postcard and mail it to somebody, which I absolutely love because handwritten notes are kind of a dying thing. And I think we, we would do well to get back to that. Um, there's a, there's nothing like getting something in the mail. Am I right? I mean, you love it. Think about your kids when they get a birthday card in the mail. Is that not the best thing? Yeah, it's because we just don't get mail anymore. It's all digital. Um, so this month, the fe- this is February, right at the end of February when I'm recording this, the verse was from Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. So I just have to tell you, that has been enormously awesome to have that verse kind of in front of my eyes so much of the month. And it's that way every month. But the fact that I'm ending the month with this verse on Philippians for the podcast and the whole month has been focused on Philippians 4.4, I can just tell you, if you feel worn thin and done, please, please write down Philippians 2.13, probably from the Amplified would be your best bet. I'm not telling you to memorize it, but I am telling you to look at it, let your eyes rest on it, and your heart really receive what it has for you there. Make this your promise. If you feel like, I can't believe it's already going to be March, and I'm just already so done with this year, maybe just apply this verse to your life and remember God works. God works. He's not holding a gun to your head and saying, work harder, go faster. No, not at all. And I know you know that, but sometimes it's nice to have somebody else tell you that. It can be really comforting to kind of have someone with skin on tell you that God's promise for you is true for you. And it's okay for you to live your life standing on his promises. 
even though we're in this go, go, go culture, totally fine for you to slow down and go at the Lord's pace. In fact, it would be wrong for you not to. So make this your verse if you need it. This is your promise for this exact very moment. And next week, when you're worn out and you're you're just done again, it's your promise for then too. It's inexhaustible. You can't like, this is a check you can take to the spiritual bank and cash over and over again. It's tremendously important for you to know that we don't wear out God's promises. He doesn't get sick of fulfilling his word. He loves to bless you and delight over you and uh, take him at his word. It's really, it's really life-giving to take God at his word and believe him. God works not in your strength, but in his strength. And man, does he have all the strength that he needs. The Amplified states also that God is effectively at work in you. I love that. The definition of the word effectively is in such a manner as to achieve a desired result. Wow. Like we could rephrase it like this, for it is not your strength, but it is God who is working in such a manner as to achieve his desired result. See what I mean about like the pressures off? God works and all the pressures off. It is not your strength, but it is God who is working in such a manner as to achieve his desired result. Now, if I were like really in a, maybe as a brand new Christian, or maybe I was still seeking the Lord, uh, maybe I was in a, in a rough spot and uh, I don't know, I could be in heavy grief or I'm just trying to think of examples, but a place that's like a little bit more, um, maybe there's some doubt, right? As to whether or not this, how does this promise really apply to my life? If I needed to reason this out and you probably don't need to praise the Lord. I'm sure you're building your life on Jesus and he's your rock and it's super solid. But you know, if I needed to reason through this, then I would probably do it like this regarding this verse. I would think a, it's God's strength. Is his strength limited or restricted? Can it be tapped out or used up? No. B, if God is the one working to achieve his own desired result in my life, then do I have any cause to doubt that he will get done what he wants to get done? No. C, if God's purpose is a good purpose, do I have a lot of reason to be fearful or ill at ease about this? No. Okay, now I know I'm I'm like, I'm a, oh, my kids joke about that. I'm kind of like, a, I like to research. I love to read. I just, random bits of knowledge. I could, I could probably win a million bucks on some weird trivia show about random things. But this is how my brain works. You probably don't reason things out like this. I get it. I'm the only one in our family of seven, um, eight with my son-in-law that, that behaves this way. So I get it if you're not like this. You probably would never do that. But I literally would do that. I didn't invent something for the podcast. That's how I reason it out. Um, Listen, there's absolutely nothing about the words, according to his good pleasure, that should be unnerving to me or to you. I just want you to think about that. Why do we get unnerved? What is there to be upset or antsy about when what we read says, according to his good pleasure? Seriously, I want you to get this. So hear me on this now. What issue could I possibly have with God's good pleasure? Like, you know, when you ask somebody, what is your issue? What is your major malfunction pile? Like, what issue can I take up with God's good pleasure? What are we so afraid of? This is good stuff. There is nothing, absolutely nothing to fear here. We should not live in any sort of distrust or fear of God's good pleasure. 
Okay, so let's kind of do a little bit more of a deep dive. It's going to come into play as we sort of look at the verbiage that's used in the amplified version. That part there where it says both to will and to work, that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. That's pretty important and it's worth a quick second look. He is God. And he is so good. He's really good, as in totally perfect at getting his will done. So that's that. That's already settled. There's no room for any sort of resistance or argument or, okay, I'm also going to just say the big scary word or doubt. We might be like, well, I'm not resisting God and I'm not arguing with God. I'm just doubting God. Well, let's get rid of that too. There's really no room for that based on this verse. God is perfect at getting his will done. We know that's true. So we shouldn't fall for Satan's lies and schemes and attempts to get us to doubt. That always comes from the evil one. Doubt never comes from the Lord. Um, He's perfect at getting his will done. And we have no reason to fear when he promises that that will is good. I hope that I just made it. um, I like boiled it down until it's just that, uh, you know, when you like make a constitution. I don't know if you cook at all. Um, I kind of just made a nice thick constitution from from that part of the verse. I added to it and then I boiled it all down. If God's will is good and it is, then we have no reason to fear or doubt or fret or argue or resist that will. And then to add another layer to this amazing truth, we see that Paul says the Lord is effective in giving us the strength, the energy, the longing and the ability to do what he desires for us to do. Listen, he has purposes for our lives. And it's not just one purpose, but a lot of them. Over the course of your life, there are a lot of things, the good works. Ephesians says the good works that God predestined and preplanned for you to do. Works is plural. There's an S on the end of that. It's not the good work. Your purposes are going to keep changing. Your calling, your assignment, however you want to phrase it, there are going to be a lot of them in the course of your life. And we don't want to be burying our talents and doing little to nothing for God's kingdom. I don't want to do that. And I don't want you to do that. But we live in this kind of perpetual state of semi-fear. I'm just going to call it a perpetual state of semi-fear for lack of a better way to say it. It's like a nagging doubt. And sometimes it turns into full-blown exhaustion because, well, a lot of the time we wear ourselves out doing what we ought not to be doing with the time that God has entrusted us. Okay, listen, I want to say that again. God has purposes for our lives, not just one, many, many of them. You will constantly have an assignment from the Lord, a call on your life as long as you're living. I don't care if you are an invalid in bed in your last week of life. If God lays on your heart to pray for somebody, that's his assignment for you in that time. God works and he has works for us to do. Um, Not like in a work yourself fingers to the bone kind of a thing, but he has, he wants to be such a part of our lives. He loves us so much that he actually lets us step in and partner with him in his kingdom work, his will being done on this earth. But we sometimes just flat bury our talents. We do little to nothing for God's kingdom. That state of semi-fear that we often live in can't keep us from taking the time that God has given us. He's entrusted us with time and we need to take it and use it where he tells us to use it and not be worn out because we're misusing, misappropriating time. Listen, remember this time belongs to God. He created it. It's his time belongs to God. And we need to stop behaving as if we have any kind of ownership 
over what belongs to him. It's his. We don't own it. So stop acting like we own something that ain't ours. How are we going to be about accomplishing God's purposes for our lives if that's how we're living? Grabbing hold of time, which is his, and using it as if it's our own. No, we, we got to live like this instead. God has written down an ironclad guarantee and promised us that when we're doing what he wills for us to do, when we are about our father's business, to say it the way Jesus said it, to be about our father's business, God will provide us with the strength, the energy, the longing, and the ability to get it done. That's our ironclad guarantee from this verse. To get that thing across the finish line, we don't muster up something within ourselves. We trust God to give us everything that we need to get that thing across the finish line. And he does want things finished. He doesn't leave things undone. The cross absolutely proves that with finality. And when the next assignment or the next calling from the Lord comes along, he's going to do the same thing one more time. And then the next time he'll do it again. You cannot exhaust his resources in this area. He will continually give you the strength, the energy, the longing, and the ability to do what he desires each and every day for the rest of your life. You got to believe him for it, but boy, he'll do it. Um, I don't know if you've heard that phrase of won't he do it. I love that. Won't he do it? Yeah, he sure will. When we use up and expend so much energy and time and just all of our own resources on just tasks and to-do lists and worrying and blah, 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 I could go on and on, then we're missing all of this. We're missing his energy in us. We're missing him giving us the longing to do the things that he wants us to do. The whole point of this verse ends up lost on us. It, it totally won't impact our actual real lives. And who wants that? We have a personal relationship with a personal God. And so his words to us should impact our actual real lives. But sometimes we miss it. That's lost on us totally because we're just plain weary from all the things. The answer is really as easy as asking God what his will for us is, and then trusting him to do his will through us. Even, even while we lay down our own really long, really exhausting, wearisome lists of things to do. Those things are going to use up what he has provided and they're going to use it up for a totally different purpose. He gave all of this energy and ability for one purpose and our own personally written or societally created lists of things to do that weary us. If we use up God's, um, the talents he's given us, and look up the parable of the talents if you don't know what I'm talking about, the talents he's given us to live this life according to his will for us, we use it up on other things. Wow, that's not wise. We have to ask him what his will is and then trust him to do his will through us and know that the energy and the longing and the strengthening, um, that's from him to accomplish that purpose, not from him so that we can keep up with the Joneses or make sure our Instagram followers are entertained or whatever. Um, it is a tremendously beautiful thing when we can trust completely in the God who has willed what he wants us to do, right? When we can trust in him totally to will and to act according to his good purposes. He willed it and he will act, okay? So if he willed it, he's going to act. He doesn't will something and then just leave it hanging out there and say, boy, I really, Jan, I really hope you can pick up the slack and, and get this thing across the finish line. No, if he willed it, he is going to finish it. And he'll do that by giving us what we need if we're willing to act according to his good purpose. Freedom 
This has been said many times. Freedom comes at a cost, and that is absolutely true. There is no such thing as a free lunch, and all those kinds of sayings, those are sayings for a reason. There is no free lunch. But the cost of your freedom, it's not on you. The cost for your freedom was paid fully at Calvary. It's finished. When Jesus said it is finished, he really did mean that your freedom was procured and secured. It's taken care of right there at that exact moment in time when Jesus said it is finished, it's done. Your freedom was bought and paid for. The price that was paid is so high, but it has been paid. Don't, don't forget that it's been paid. Oh man, was it a high price that Jesus paid for your freedom, but you know what? It's paid. It's paid in full. Why do we try and do God's will in our own energy? Don't just keep mustering up your own strength or sometimes even trying to create an interest in something. Um, You can miss out on what God wants to do. Behold, I'm doing a new thing, he says in Isaiah. You can miss out on the new thing he wants to do if you keep trying to muster up strength to um, an interest, to stay interested in something where he's saying, let's go this way. Let's go this way a little bit. I got a new route for you to walk right now, because like I said, it's not one purpose for your life. It's a continual series of purposes that God preordained. Why don't we, instead of living like that, trying to work up our own ability to muster up our own strength, why not instead simply believe that this verse is true for all of us today? Okay, I'm going to share some recap details in the show notes. I'll I'll put in the verses and things, uh, but I want to ask you to pray. I want to end today by asking you to pray, to just talk to the Lord, to seek the Holy Spirit's guidance and clarity. Pick one area of your life this week. Just pick one thing, okay? One thing and ask God to talk to you about it in great detail. Seek him for clarity. Just talk to him and listen to him. But you do need to listen, right? By listen, I don't mean 10 seconds and then you close your prayer journal and you go pour a cup of coffee and start your day. I mean, really actually listen, take time to listen for what he will say to you about it because he has something he wants to say. And then just do whatever he says. It's like Jesus's mother, Mary, at the wedding in Cana. She told the servants at the wedding banquet when they ran out of wine, she said, do whatever he tells you to do. And he, that's Jesus, of course, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Those are really wise words. And it's pretty hard to get it wrong. It's pretty hard to get it wrong when that's your prayer. When your heartfelt desire and your predetermined decision is that you're going to do what he tells you to do, not going to do more, not going to do less, but you're willing to do whatever he tells you to do. Okay, so that's my challenge. I hope you will take some time and pray about one area of your life where you need some clarity and listen for him to give it to you because it is God. God works. He works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose and for his good pleasure. Enjoy your freedom as a disciple of Jesus today. Don't abuse it, but boy, don't miss out on it either. Enjoy it. Okay, that is it for today. Lord bless you, and um, I will see you back here next time. I did want to mention that I think at some time relatively soon, I'm probably going to start kind of putting together um, maybe like an ebook of some of the, maybe it'll, it might be some stuff from these podcast notes. So Um, Watch for that because I would love for you to maybe share it with your friends. If you have people who are readers and who really aren't in the podcast world, and there are a few of them, um, that might be a good way to get the promises of God into the people of God. Okay, have a wonderful, it's, it's Friday. So for me, I'm saying have a wonderful weekend. But if you listen to this next week, 
man, have a great week. Have a great week and maybe leave me a comment or, you know, DM me on Instagram and let me know how it goes when you pray about that one thing because God has good for you and don't forget it. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.